0: Hello everyone, we welcome you to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. And this end of the 2020 Wild Ride year episode is our 50th episode. And we will end this year with a topic that has, that has come up for many, many people uh, during this very challenging year and that is relationships and we are talking about we will be talking about relationships in the age of aquarius and because as everything is topsy-turvy in the world a lot of stuff is coming up the dark within and without we need to also re-examine relationships and enter a new age of relationships and relating in general and specifically intimate romantic one-on-one relationships and um Laura, you uh, asked a question on Facebook recently about this topic, and many, many people responded and uh, with many different topics relating to relationships and their struggles. Mm-hmm. So we'll be diving into some of them and give our own insights as well. So let's maybe start with the, with the themes of Aquarius in, in, in relation to relationships.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could go, I mean, I'd love to hear you speak about this as an Aquarius (laughs) sun, but generally I, I like to see from an evolutionary perspective, Aquarius is moving away from the status quo. So you have, you know, the previous stage just as Capricorn or the 10th house, which is seen by like going, understanding the structures of society and going out in society and finding your role within that. And then the shadow side of that is basically taking on society's projections of you, you know, being who other people expect you to be just Mm -hmm. for the sake of climbing this quote-unquote social ladder. So you see with Aquarius, the next stage of that is basically breaking free from all of these structures and patterns of the past. And it's actually a trauma signature. Like, Uh, meaning like it's traumatic to do so, you know, and you see that showing up in people's relationships, like even people who start getting into these quote unquote conspiracy topics, you know, they're moving away from the status quo of maybe their family or their friend group, you know, it's also, um, I see it as like, you know, the visionary of the future, almost like the heretic, the renegade, it's also the awakener, and Aquarius is also um, related to technology and AI and the internet, you know. So there's a certain sense of basically alienation and sometimes even feeling like an alien or an outsider that's kind of a part of this archetype, you know, because you're meant to break free from the social norms that currently exist. And I think you kind of went through that, you know, on your own journey in, in a few ways too, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I felt always, I mean, there's the archetypal feeling O- outsider feeling since childhood but it has increased and then also you know once you start you know really you know as i would say have the, the splinter in the mind as in the movie the matrix what is the matrix what is truth? what is really going on and you since you start to answer the call so to speak and seek truth and engage in inner work then uh, you cannot much relate to the quote-unquote status quo to the norm anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because you see the mechanicalness, you see the conditioning, the programming as you work through your own, how yeah. most people live on the illusion of free will and are just not only conditioned by society and culture, but also unconsciously driven by their own wounds and traumas they're not even aware of.
1: Exactly, exactly. And
0: then, you know, you know in Aquarius' theme, and I just want to also reference you know our last podcast which we go deeper also into this whole aquarius theme and why do we call it the age of aquarius well there's a lot of debate about it but you know there has been recently the was it the saturn jupiter conjunction aquarius yeah, which you, started a 20-year exactly, cycle and then
1: pluto is about to enter aquarius and the next year i think it's like five planets are uh, going to seven
0: planets will be in aquarius in february yeah so yeah a lot and i of,
1: see and you see like this saturn in aquarius theme um you know showing up in people like wearing these uh i don't even know what they are like these space hats on their heads to try and avoid germs from people like that's a very saturn and aquarius thing because aquarius on a shadow side is like i don't want anyone to be close to me me. (laughs) yeah exactly so you see these you see these what happens is and i just want to like make this clear with people is you see like these are archetypal energies that filter through humanity, through their subjective reality, right? So you see Saturn and Aquarius themes playing out in the world, whether people are Aquariuses or not, you know, it just, it's playing out in, in collective themes. And then you see Jupiter and Aquarius, where you do see these people who are truly visioning this great awakening, this future. A lot of people are waking up, I'm noticing. It's all these people from different areas too, which is fascinating. And they're waking up because of the corruption in the world, which is like... I feel like at least the very first elementary stage to awakening and then you start to realize, wow, like it's consciousness that informs reality and then you have to start turning within, you know? But there is a great awakening happening. And at the same time, you know, I think it was Sal from starseed astrology he made a great analogy that the great reset is Saturn in Aquarius and the great awakening is like Jupiter in Aquarius right. so that's a good way exactly. to look at it you know the great reset wants to like force force homogenize this new world order basically yeah. implement that so I mean, it, there's there's there's, there's, a, the, there's a light and a dark to it.
0: Yeah, that the dark side of, of Aquarius is also it rules technology, it rules AI, transhumanism can be yeah. used against humanity, right? It also rules alien UFOs. So yes, that's something exactly. to be said that, exactly. that that topic is also coming up on the side note. But on the positive side, Aquarius also rules humanity, mm-hmm. groups, community, right? Yeah. And like higher values. The bigger
1: picture perspective. The bigger
0: picture. And I think that's coming up in relation to relationships, Even when I look at my own Aquarius sun nature, what always drove me in relationships, you know, Aquarius is an air sign, right? Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So it rules the intellect. So I also felt the need to, whatever relationship I was into, I had to have a common ground in terms of worldview or ideas or just knowledge, Right? Yeah. In terms of information, so I can talk to my partner about it. That's right? to why be Libra gets page. along
1: with Aquarius very well, because it's again, an air sign, intellectual mm-hmm. and able to have that com- conversations like that.
0: Exactly. And I think we see this nowadays, but we have seen a lot you know, of people work even in our uh, course that we're currently going through embodied soul awakening. And we have another one coming up in February. A lot of people are going through a lot of struggle in, relationship, in, in relationships right now because of what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's a splitting happening and people are not on the same page yeah. about what's really going on. Some people buy feed into the Great Reset, the fear propaganda, the COVID and all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And other
0: people see through the lies propaganda and illusion. And if that happens within a relationship, this diversion, it becomes, you know, almost in a sense impossible to stay in that relationship and there's that struggle.
1: yeah. Because I think that we are making an evolutionary leap to a new level of relationships. Like the way that I look at it is my grandparents, for instance, um, who grew up, I think they were... I, I'm not sure what, I think they're called the greatest generation. You know, the people who like grew their own food and had their own garden. My grandmother got married at like maybe like 1920 and she got married for purely practical reasons for the most part. She obviously, you know, loved my grand grandfather in the moment, but you know, there wasn't that deeper emotional intimacy there at all. So they got married for practical reasons. And then you have the boomers, you know, who got married off, like My parents were hippies and they they got married for love, although it was like romantic projection love, you know. Um, but they got married for kind of deeper reasons, you know, because they truly, they, they were interested and they found the other person unique. So it's more impersonal qualities. And now I feel, you know, some deeper values are emerging out of a need for relationships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But a lot of people I notice are stuck in these, same ancestral patterns where they're marrying or not even marrying, getting into relationships for security because they don't want to be alone because they don't want to face, you know, the inner stuff that comes up when you are alone because it is, it is a process, you know, um, to, to, to really handle like, okay, being alone, facing, facing those fears as well, because we we're we're such a relationship heavy culture, I think, you know, and yet at the same time, there's no skills that we're being taught, at least in conventional education, that's teaching us relationship skills. So they're they're planting all of the desire for relationship in our psyche through culture, through movies, through television, through music, you know. Yet at the same time, they're not telling us how to be in a relationship.
0: Yeah, and it's very emotionally driven in the sense of just like mistaking romance for love, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. right? When the first the, the chemicals hit and... You know, the romantic phase, which is natural, you project a lot of positive qualities on the partner, which he or she doesn't necessarily have. It's like positive shadow projection, the golden shadow, as Carl Jung would say, Yeah. right? And then most people then get become disillusioned after the romantic phase is over and realize, oh, my partner's not who I thought he or she is. And then people usually break up. Yeah. But they don't make the step towards true love because they mistake this romantic infatuation with love.
1: That's why I think it's really important to to really get clear on number 1 do you want a relationship is the first question to ask yourself do you want to get married like what's your what do you actually want like really be honest with yourself because a lot of people pretend like Like they really want a relationship, but they'll never say it, you know, so just get clear on that, you know, and then also ask yourself, like, what are my values, you know, like, what kind of life do I want to have? What do I bring to the table as well? And get clear on this before you enter a relationship. Otherwise, you end up in a relationship with the first person who you're attracted to or circumstantially end up meeting, you know, and. There may not be an alignment. It's like there's a reason why I think it's really important to get clear on these deeper values before you even enter a relationship. Because it's very easy, especially when you're alone and you're isolated and then someone starts showing you attention to fall into relationships with the wrong person. And I know this for anyone who has astrology. I have like a fifth house house south node stellium so i used to do this over and over again like whoever was the most romantic situation it wasn't even romantic i was just inventing it in my brain by the way but whoever was around i would just be like okay this seems like a good idea because like the loneliness can be really hard you know um but i have to say you know before we met i had to go through so many initiations With loneliness and really get to the root of what was there. And at the root of it, it's loneliness, feeling separate from God and feeling separate from some higher power, basically. That's where it comes from. And a lot of people are basically, this is where the romantic projection comes from, is they project like their experience of God, of union in a relationship. Like, I can only experience that in a relationship. And then that's where the trouble starts.
0: And also, what you mentioned, very important to know your values. But you can only know your values if you know yourself. Know exactly. that. Self. That's exactly. the key point. Yeah, yeah. So it creates a certain level of of self awareness and self work. Yeah. Right. To to know that and work through your stuff. Right. Because everything will come up in relationship, even tenfold. And so.
1: Yeah, we, you have to do that self work as a basis. Like a lot of people. Um. Sorry, you're going to say something. Yeah,
0: I was just going to say, like, you know, what? What do you mention? The past. You know, people were. You know attracted through on, on certain levels, maybe on, on, on just one or two centers. If I w- want to relate it to the, um, what we also talk about in our course, the fourfold approach of holistic self work, physically, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, or spiritually. And most people that get into a relationship, like you mentioned before, like just common interests, superficially, and some emotionally, you know, maybe even, mostly even sexual attraction. That's it. But what I feel is coming up now necessity even in the age of aquarius to relate or to have a common ground on all levels right yeah. a physical emotional intellectual and spiritual mm-hmm. right so to be collinear to look in the same direction we've mentioned it many times before and i want to the quote is is very profound by um, i forgot the author's name but the author of the little prince said that love is not looking into each other's eyes but into the same direction Yeah. Having that financial, which doesn't mean to be exactly the same.
1: No, no, no. Right. But have
0: this bigger intent and a a common ground, that foundation. If that foundation is not there, the relationship will disintegrate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that can be hard for people who have already entered into some level of committed relationship and then they start to become, they start to kind of veer onto the path of like self growth, the spiritual path and self knowledge, you know? And the other person doesn't want to do that work, you know? That's a big one. Like, that's huge. Like, in my view, you know, like, uh, there was a certain point I felt like I was actually on the edge of, like, a cliff, you know? I was, like, a certain—I was actually, like, at least five years, maybe, yeah, around that into my own spiritual path and spiritual journey. And then I knew at a certain point— like if I cross this barrier, there's no going back. I'm not going to be able to just date normal, quote unquote, people who aren't aware of these or who aren't aware of themselves, who aren't on this path, you know, and I had to take that leap. And there's a certain deeper level of commitment, I think, to self-work and the spiritual path, which needs to happen, you know, because it is a, it is a, it is an awake, you're on this path of awakening. Sometimes you have to be alone. Sometimes you have to do the thing that's hard and you have no idea where it's going to lead, you know? So a lot of people still ingrained into them are on this kind of security thinking in their relationships. Like their relationships provide them some sort of sense of security, but doesn't provide them this deeper depth. And they're on this path and the paths are diverging, you know, and they're not able to take that leap.
0: Exactly. And that's what we experience a lot of people we've worked with, you know, be it, um, in a one-on-one sessions or even our, in our group online courses that one person, you know, in a relationship, one person joins and is, is quote-unquote waking up, engaging in the work, being aware of what's really happening in the world, seeing through the lies and propaganda, and the other person, other their partner is not. Yeah. And what happens most often that, you know, they you know have this hope like oh my god like if i do this then hopefully he or she will wake up at some point too And mm-hmm, it, you know mm-hmm. but there's a friction yeah and you know we would never tell people what they should or shouldn't do in the relationship be together or break up that's everybody's choice but out of experience having worked with many people uh, you know if one person is not sincere is only engaging the work and the other not the relationship will eventually fail or it will become something.
1: It may not fail, but they can stay together. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, they may try like together,
0: a, but it's like, it becomes just routine and just, uh, the, you know, how can I say it? It just becomes like an almost an avoidance. In yeah. Sense.
1: Cause, cause you have to look at it like the way that I see it. And this is also why I'm really like mindful of the people I surround myself with is like, you know, you don't operate, as an island to yourself, although you may think like that, you know, every single person around you affects you, you know, and the people that you choose in a relationship, that you choose as friends, like this is like your ecosystem. They either support you or they drain you, you know? So if you're on the path of self-work and the other person that you're with is acting out super unconsciously, Then, and you're not able to point out that or work on them with it, then obviously that's going to drain you. It's just a reality. Exactly. Because
0: when you look at intimate relationships, being married or living together, boyfriend, girlfriend, if you're that close together with somebody, this is essentially the most important person in your life, your main advisor. And especially now that's coming up now more with this world situation, the lockdown, the isolation, you know, and couples are more closer together, Mm -hmm. more shit. Quote unquote is coming up. Yeah. So, but the person you really surround yourself is going to affect you. So, if you're not on the same page, (coughs) excuse me, that can result in a lot of, I would even say, unnecessary struggle in a sense that could be avoided, uh, you know, if we just really truly make more decisions that are really based on our true self and not because of habit yeah security
1: which implies that also fostering the relationship with the true self has to come first you know which relates
0: to relationship to the divine
1: exactly and so let's get into some of the things that people really um talked about on the post that i made so the first thing is about self-responsibility and doing our inner work in relationships someone asked us to speak about that and i mean that's super key like in the course that we we just gave like a, a module on triggers you know And I told people, I was like, if you can master, if if you avoid the rest of the program, but you focus on how to process your triggers in a conscious way, it will change everything in your relationships because it's literally the opposite way of how most people operate. Because imagine, and let's just give an example, you know. So imagine you are on this path of self work and you learn how to process your triggers in a more conscious way, but then your partner is like blaming you for everything, you know, and then you're processing that consciously. Then what happens is you end up in this almost emotionally abusive relationship where one yeah. person's con- uh, treating the relationship as a conscious being and the other's not, you know. But well, the other person
0: hey. can be hijacked by other forces, but we'll get into that deeper.
1: Yeah. So later. just speaking, you know, um, generally speaking, because this is kind of a general question, in relationship, you are responsible for how you feel a hundred percent of the time doesn't mean that the person may not say something that's hurtful and harmful, and you can communicate that to them. But from what I know, the stronger the emotion that's there, the more that this is something from the past that's showing up in the present. And by its very nature, if you want these deeper, emotional, intimate connections you are going to be in a relationship or marry someone who's going to trigger you the most it's just a reality it's a weird fact about how they'll bring up all of your parental stuff all of your childhood stuff because that's the nature of any deep relationship is that there's going to be a certain yeah. amount of triggers there which you uh, know so just let me finish okay. so it's really important that you know you have some sort of tool to process the trigger in the moment and just to give people a little you know quick overview number one it's being able to tell when your trigger for in the first place, i.e. what's going on in my body? What's the emotion is that's there? Can I get away from the story of the trigger? You know, what am I making this mean about myself? How do I, you know, who does this person remind me of? Self-inquiry, it's literally turning all the energy that you would normally externalize onto your partner and be like, you said this, I got triggered, it's your fault. And using it as a process for inquiry, you know? At the same time, you know and this kind of leads to this uh, other part is having the communication skills and also having the partner who's open to hear that you know so you have to be able to communicate in such a way that you're taking ownership of your own experience and you're able to communicate what's going on with you in a way that's not blaming them and also having a partner who's who's willing to hear that because if a partner isn't willing to hear your deeper emotions why are they even with you? Like, seriously, yeah, yeah. like, like, that's, that's the question to ask yourself. Because to me, I mean, I have Venus and Scorpio, like, if a relationship doesn't have deep emotional connection, I'm not into it. Like, I don't want like a superficial relationship. Maybe if you have a Venus in Gemini, you feel differently. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, that brings into the topic in general about shadow work. And shadow work is the name of the game we've talked about a lot, you know, you know, even shadow work, many people talk about it's kind of hype, but I still see not many people really understand the really basic principles mm-hmm. of negative positive, of negative, and positive projection, how to work with triggers and how any trigger ties into our unconscious trauma wounds we all create to varying degrees or unconscious core beliefs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to talk about shadow work when you're not triggered because that's where the rubber hits the road, to yeah. apply it yeah. when, when when really it gets messy. And that also reminds me of like, The need to deprogram ourselves because many of us, I feel, are still somewhat programmed or conditioned by official culture, Hollywood, that relationships are just bliss, love and light and just this complete harmony all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which you can, quote unquote, you can have like a superficial harmony on like the outer layers, Mm -hmm. right? But a really in-depth uh, relationship, a deeper spiritual relationship, to use it as a crucible cru- crucible, crucible yeah. um, for alchemical transformation mm-hmm. will bring up your stuff.
1: Yeah, that's and, the point. And
0: if one person is doing the work in a way of shadow work and the other not, it's 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 bound to fail. It's going to, you know, it's, it's actually <laughs> You're using itself, like strong itself, language. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. But I, it's, don't, it's, I would say, I mean, I speak out of my own experience as well, if, you know, one, don't want to project it onto others. But. It is almost self-abusive in the sense. It
1: is. It does that's the so issue that's is, is it does become self-abusive because if i if you know if if your partner is like laying their own triggers and blame blame on you and making you responsible for their happiness and you're constantly process that processing that consciously you know it's almost like you're trying to take on their work for them yes. and it doesn't work because you just end up in this imbalanced relationship basically. Yeah. You know um, so in
0: this and in, in that note, like this relate this higher relationship, which everybody's yearning to you know on some degree, even unconsciously, requires self responsibility for both partners mm-hmm. and a hundred percent commitment to the work.
1: Yes, exactly. That's what it comes down and, to, and and the work meaning the growth process, you yeah. know, and being like, I understand that this relationship will trigger my relationship with my opposites, both sex parents. Actually, it will trigger stuff in my early childhood, and I'm going to take ownership of all of the projections that I have about you and become curious about them rather than blaming you. So this also takes a certain level of I I think mindfulness because I know for myself it's like. You have to be able to pause and be able to, because most people have so much chaos going in their mind, they don't even realize the projection is happening. Right. So you have to have these moments to pause and to self reflect. For me, it's also happens in meditation where insights come up, and I realize, wow, like look at what I'm layering on. And not only that, the emotional intelligence to be with your strong emotions in a somewhat more conscious way, so you're not just mechanically acting them out. You know, because those right. are the those are the biggest materials for growth growth. Um, and so, you know, and, and to just, also welcome it like when when before even we met when I was in India I remember like I had so much I had so many projections come up about you that I had to literally sit and meditate with and it was almost like I was like watching a movie of my past in my brain and these projections were overlaying on the person who you actually were so you were reminding me of people from my past and all sorts of things you know and I had to just sit and witness them in order for to to basically watch them dissolve and fall, you know? But for many people that projection is the reality of who they want that person to be. And then they're constantly trying to change that person to live up to that projection, which I
0: also used to do. So you
1: have to also be willing to like, get to know who is this person? Who are they really? Can I be with them without trying to change them? Mm, You know, that's a big one is, is really huge, you know, because we often project all of our unmet needs from childhood onto our partner. It's a natural healthy mechanism. You can't even stop it. But you have to become aware of those projections as well.
0: Yeah. Um which also like reminds me now in terms of what you mentioned before, having our values uh knowing our values, knowing what we truly want. But there can also be a quote unquote trap in that in the sense of like having this ideal partner, this dream partner, your yeah. vision and, and projecting all these qualities. Yeah. Right almost like unattainable, basically. So also for self-reflection, do you have those qualities yourself? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people looking for like, I want this conscious partner with this and this and that and doing this. But are you that yourself, first yeah. of all? Like L- this you, honest, you self- to the in- the table? honest self-inquiry.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then also a lot of people do that because they are using a relationship as a distraction to actualizing their potential. Because if we look at it, sexual energy is creative energy. It's also the energy that you need in order to self-actualize, you know. So you can either direct that to relationships or one night stands or whatever, you know, or you can direct that towards actualizing your potential. And what usually happens is people are too scared to actualize their potential. They're too scared of what they could create of themselves, you know, so they end up just derailing into relationships. And it's unconscious. It's it's super unconscious, you know, and it's also a way of avoiding their own deeper self work, you know. So it's really important, I think, if you want to enter into a more conscious relationship doesn't mean you have to like be living out your purpose 100 percent in the world but at least be self-actualized to the point where you feel confident and comfortable with yourself that you you don't
0: use your partner as your quote-unquote purpose
1: exactly and i and i think for women that's more dominant because i think as well you know in especially you got to look at your mom's relationship with your father you have to look at your grandparents relationship like what was there because this is also stuff that's encoded into your own behavioral patterns in your DNA. And I know because I had to work through it myself, you know, so you have to, you have to look at those patterns and how they impact you. And like, what was your parents' relationships to each other? You know, how is that, how is that overlaying on your own relationships? Because what we're doing, and I feel, again, this goes with the theme of collective Relationships in the age of Aquarius is we're breaking free from this kind of status quo relationship. Right. Like the kind of relationship that you just have because at Christmas dinner because it makes you look better to your cousins or your family, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of relationship we're breaking free from and we're more moving into Aquarius. Uh, you know, Venus in Aquarius actually rules the little bit unconventional relationships when you look at it, you know? So we have to kind of think outside of the box of relationships as well. Yeah.
0: And let's that's, that's put in the relationship into relationship, no pun intended, with what's happening in the world right now. Because we're seeing with, you know, the lockdowns again and all of that, the isolation and the splitting of humanity, so to speak. And there are many people more isolated, more alone, Mm -hmm. right? That's really tough on them during these times, you know, having nobody they can relate, no partner, even no friends. Uh, So there's a lesson behind it, also the lesson of solitude and strengthening your connection to the divine. There's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the coin, like I mentioned before, the relationships, couples. But within them, they see a friction. They see that they don't align their views. Some, you know, like we mentioned before – uh, some people uh, buy into the whole official story and the lies and propaganda and others see through it.
1: Yeah, can I So read, how can
0: we reconcile that? Can
1: I read the question we got yes. about that? I won't read the name, but you and Bernhard spoke already about the splitting of humanity. Any tools or advice on how to handle this within a marriage, with your kids, with close family? It's not always simple to just unfriend or block and move on since they always, since they will always be a part of your life. Interesting presupposition there by the way Um, because the thing is is on the spiritual path every relationship is up for analysis is this serving is this serving is this serving your growth you know so I just want to say that because they will always be a part of your life no one will always be a part of your life and you have agency and you have autonomy over gets to be a part of your life regardless of what society or friends or the status quo tells you So in my experience, it brings up possibilities for a normal conversation to a halt, and hence the split only grows bigger, making the situation worse. In the past, it was difference in opinion on the controversial subjects, but this past year, it's really a splitting in humanity with two sides, unable to communicate or understand each other. And yeah, so, I mean, there's a few things there. Um, Yes, within a marriage, with your kids you know, uh, with your close family? I mean, are they really close if you can't talk to them about what truly matters to you in an open way where they accept you? You know, that's the question to ask yourself is because I feel that the question that's really coming up for people, and this is something Gabber Mate really talks about very well, is this choice between authenticity and, and attachment. So I'm just going to go into that a little bit. And this is also something that we really dive into from a trauma perspective in a group program. And by the way, um, if anyone's interested in that, we're doing our last live in-person round um, in February. So don't wait on it, like apply to this one, because we're not going to be doing it in person yeah, again. It's,
0: it's only it's limited to 25 people and by application only. And you can apply at awakenapply.com.
1: Yes, So just as a side note, um, so, you know, there's a correlation between trauma and attachment and authenticity. And attachment means like any attachment relationship you have to your parents, to your partner, etc. So as children, we most often adapt to the parental expectations to who they want us to be. Regardless of how toxic they are, regardless of whether or whether that person or not, we adapt it to avoid the experience of danger, you know? So if your parents expect you to be the straight A student, you try and adapt to this golden child image of them in order to feel safe in the relationship. So we don't risk the danger of the disapproval of our attachment figures because we depend on them for survival, you know? So we end up choosing attachment over authenticity, meaning we choose to be a false self To our attachment figures before over being truly ourselves, because being truly ourselves, we 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 would risk disapproval. We would risk being punished, criticized. You know, failing to meet their expectations in some way, and that's too painful for the child to go through. Not only on a survival um, on a survival level, they depend on their parents, so we choose. attachment over authenticity. And then later on as adults, we continue on this pattern of choosing attachment, living as a false self, or living out the image that people want us to be over authenticity, being truly ourselves. So, and Gabor Mate has this really great quote about this. that really summarizes it. So we suppress our authenticity because we want to avoid the pain of not being loved. By suppressing our authenticity, we create suffering for ourselves. Then we get into situations in life and relationships which are not authentic for the sake of attachment. Now it's inevitable, almost inevitable in many situations that if a person is moved towards authenticity, it's going to create the pain of maybe losing or threatening an attachment. They're going to be they are going to have to be able to handle that pain. If they can't handle that pain, they are going to stay suppressing their authenticity, which means they're going to create more suffering for themselves. So there is no painless authenticity. Yeah. And just to complete that thought, um, this is what happens, is like every single choice you make on self-knowledge, self-growth, the spiritual path, you are changing yourself. And so the system around you will have to change if you want to be true to those changes. Otherwise, you're going to end up going along with the old you, the old status quo, and you will suppress your authenticity for the sake of attachment.
0: Yeah, Yeah, very well said. And it's very important to understand. And uh, Gabba Mata goes even deeper with that and further. And he has even also worked with um, terminal patients, um, cancer uh, patients and all of that. And he noticed the interrelationship also between people developing severe illness, cancer, and even, even prematurely quote unquote dying, uh, because they chose attachment over authenticity. And he yeah. really has some talks, how inauthenticity can, can kill you over time ties, ties into the people pleaser syndrome. So the more you suppress your authenticity, which is ultimately from the spiritual perspective, your true self, who you truly are, your sole purpose, Yeah, you know, you create inner friction. So you, uh, Different deep down inside than you appear on the outside, and that can that results in more entropy, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. can stifle your life force and then eventually manifest in serious disease as well,
1: yeah. Because you're suppressing your emotions on a day to day basis. Like, yeah. you know, when I talk to family members who I can't be authentic with because it would just create so many arguments and it just, like, I I feel a discomfort. I actually have to check out of my body in order to do it, you know? I don't do it that often, I have to say, because at this point I'm like, I everything's up, everything has been up for me for a long time, you know, I don't follow along with like this idea like, oh, I have all the family needs to get together for Christmas and pretend that we're all a big happy family, you know, like for me, I'm like, I'm like, do I feel authentically like I want to connect to these people? I actually tune into my true self and ask my true self that and then again, it's going, it's you know, I'm. I am going against the status quo. You know, there's certain family members I didn't call for Christmas because I didn't feel authentically drawn to yeah. do it, even though it was a socially acceptable thing to do. Because I really had to be true with what was authentic for myself. And if these people in my life cannot show up with a certain level of consciousness and are still replaying the same patterns, then I'm sorry. Like as 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 painful as it is, and it is painful. It is emotionally painful. I have to say that, which is something that Gabramate Mate pointed to. I have to let these relationships go. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And it is like, you do feel, and I've had to deal with this in my own soul journey, like you're a ship out at, out at sea with like no one else, you know, because we use these relationships as a form of security, basically. Yeah.
0: So let's, you know, uh, quote what this person said about how to handle this with their marriage kids, uh, your kids or close family. What do you mention by just close family and uh, this person said because they're, you know, made this assumption since they will always be part of your life. Really? Is that so? Yeah. You know, that's kind of like the... No one
1: will always be part, part of your uh, life.
0: First of all. And that's kind of, you know, again, like a social condition thing, like the is, the, the yeah. idea of obligation. Oh, it's yes. my family and like, you know, and we need to stay close and like ignore all these things. And mm-hmm. there's this, this, you know, just obligation, you know, there's inauthenticity. Yeah. And it's not about disregarding you. Yeah, this is about caring for family, but this is where I feel... Uh, the age of Aquarius comes in, like mm-hmm. to transcend these, um, these, uh, uh, these beliefs in, the, in a way or attachments, yeah. and go into higher values, and you know see it in the terms of spiritual family. Right, mm-hmm. I'm closer with, uh, with friends and 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 people around myself with than than many uh, many parts of my family, even and my you, parents, exactly. Right? And even if you have, uh, I, like in your case, very difficult relationships. Uh, to family, even that included past abuse, and they were never able to work through it, and they checked out and still are not very there for you, Mm -hmm. and it brings up too much, it's totally, absolutely fine to make boundaries with Family members and and not lift this obligation. Oh, just because it's family, I have to be there and call them and be around. No, you can make those boundaries.
1: Yeah, especially if it's like, you know, toxic beyond the point of repair. And I don't mean just even outwardly toxic, like they're abusive, you know. If they're constantly shutting down your light, if they're constantly, you know, like making you question your own self worth. Again, you're blaming someone for how you feel, but I mean if they're acting unconsciously in such a way that it's harmful for you over and over again, eventually you got to be like it's like the person who keeps touching the stove even though it's hot. It's like aren't you going to realize that this relationship is um is 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 based off of suffering, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's really important to be able to to hold that pain and also, you know, develop some level of emotional self-sufficiency that you're okay, even if you don't have anyone in your life. Like I had to go through that initiation period. And I was also very relationship obsessed, you know, but I had to go through this, ex- and it was extremely painful, this extreme pain of being alone for at least like, I, I don't know, it was a while actually. I, I did not got in a ser- serious relationship since 2012 before we met, you know? And it was like the kind of inner process and alchemical process I had to go through I mean, it was amazing, it was initiatory, but there was like some deep soul pain there. And I think that's actually what people are avoiding, you know. Yeah. That's um, again the
0: cause of uh, attachment versus authenticity. There yeah. like Gabba Mate pointed out, by choosing attachment or the uh, authenticity, they they think they're gonna avoid pain, but it's gonna be a painful <laughs> painful no matter what. Yeah. It's even worse when you choose attachment of authenticity for reasons I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But true authenticity will bring up stuff, right? Yeah. It will bring up uh, possibly being rejected for your true self that's yes. that's that's what brings it up yeah and then with regards to within a marriage right hotel is within a marriage uh because they're part of your life and you can see boyfriend girlfriend whatever just a relationship in itself and in light of the age of careers and those values like for me personally that's my own experience and my own opinion I remember in relationships if it goes back to having your own values. If that person was not like, you know, if their work I'm into, what I'm about and my, my writings and whatnot and my worldview and, and seeking truth, if that person is on the same page about that, I lose interest right away. Mm-hmm. That's been the big thing. All relationships, like I, I didn't care about the, any like social, fun, sex, emotional, whatever. If that is not the foundation, then, especially this day and age, I could never be with somebody right now, you know it would drain me. It would just like deflect me. Yeah. It's not, it has this, uh, in the, the foundational worldview. Draining is,
1: draining is the key word because if you build up your life force through intentional self-work and spiritual work and you don't have, and you have, don't have, and you have an environment where people are just checking out and, you know, they're avo- suppressing and avoiding their emotions, you know, that just drains you as well. Yeah. And like, it's the cost of living an authentic life. So, you know, it's really important to. I think one of the greatest skills on the spiritual path is the capacity to hold pain, to be with painful emotions, to be with triggers, and to just literally just be with it and feel it, you know? Because a lot of our culture is based on trying to avoid pain. So if we can become better at holding the container of pain, of growth of difficult choices that we may have to make you know with compassion and with intentional self-work whatever we do to need but just be with that pain that constitutes healing in my opinion Um, so that kind of leads to the also there's another question how to navigate differences and fundamental beliefs within relationships so spouse family friends I mean that's okay I feel like everyone has different beliefs in relationships we all have different worldviews you know um, and then again, um, like, are you able to meet on common ground and common levels? Because different beliefs is like, we all have different beliefs. I feel. Yeah, I mean,
0: we have different opinions here and there, but the, the key point is have the foundation of, of a common ground. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if you would be, like, walking around with masks and, and being yeah. like paranoid about yeah, the yeah, virus yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and, and Going, getting into TDS and all of that.
1: Yeah, that would be... I would not
0: like... It would not work. Yeah,
1: exactly. Period. So like, I, and I know this because I, you know, like I I do have family members who I do, do still really love and appreciate for who they are and their essence, you know, and there is, a, there is a genuine, you know, care for them. Yet at the same time, I know that they watch the mainstream news and they're very conditioned by what they see on there. And so our beliefs diverge there, you know, but you can still... This is, I think, is really important, you know, so you don't get into, like, the sense of spiritual superiority and right. you're like, these people are asleep, I'm not going to relate to them, but there's still a level where you can relate to the essence, to the soul that you have that relationship with. So, you know, but like if if you're combating on the, the belief level, I mean, this is also like, almost like an archetypal struggle that we deal with in humanity. And this is why wars get made where we like have one belief, you know, and another belief goes against it. So I think this is really important. And also for the bigger picture perspective that we have to understand that everyone has their own belief system. Sometimes they create this belief system to protect them from pain and if we can kind of see this, we can develop compassion for them as well. Because if they're, if if our beliefs are so fragile that someone disagrees with us and we're like, and we get really upset at it, then we have to also question the nature of our relationship to our beliefs to yeah. begin with, you know? And I
0: want to mention that now with the splitting of humanity that's happening right now, really this diversions, it's almost, I would say almost impossible to try to convince other people Via logic, facts, and information alone.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, this is, if that would be the case, it would be easily already enlightened and all that. So, being unable to communicate and not understand each other, that's where the higher vision comes in, as you just mentioned, than being able to let this person be and let this person go. Exactly. Because if we're trying to force a relationship just because of this attachment issue, yeah, right? Yeah. You're not only, it's, it's, it's almost you, you stifle not only your own progress in life and purpose mm-hmm. and get stuck, mm-hmm. right? But also the other person as yeah. well. And sometimes letting go is the best thing we can do and not let our ego attachments kind of get in the way or the need to be right. Yeah, it ties but into I, external consideration, right? In yeah. order to let the other person be and not um, trying to convince another person. Yeah, Does that make sense?
1: And yeah, but like letting go doesn't mean you have to let go of a relationship just because you have different beliefs. I just mean that like, you know, going with the theme of Aquarius is I feel like it's like this bigger picture perspective. And if you can't see that majority of people are walking around with a bunch of false perceptions, even a bunch of beliefs that are keeping them in denial, you know, that's just the state of the world. That's the way it is, you know, and we have to be able to accept people for that and understand that there's almost like it's a coping mechanism for them. It's yeah. like, you know, this person this person made a reference to, you know, when family members fall new age spirituality, false light, people are doing that to protect themselves from pain. So you yeah. have to understand and try and relate to the person. And don't do this like in a way that's obvious, but understand the suffering and the soul that's, that's suffering that's there. And I have to do this myself because, you know, I used to have... Triggers around. I I worked through this pretty quickly, but in the first few months of this whole um, of 2020, I had major triggers around social justice wars, and I still keep boundaries around people who, you know, kind of follow in this kind of uh, ideology. But at the same time, I have to understand this person is in pain. I can also find a part of myself that relates to where they were because I used to be there, you know, again, finding this common humanity is like, this begins with us. So if we can touch to the common humanity in another person, you know, that's when the relationship at whatever level it's available to us can emerge. You know, there's very few people who are going to meet you exactly where you are with everything that you understand. And not only that, it's boring when you meet people who are like on the same page. I want
0: to address what you just said, um, you know, this person mentioned about other partners, other people, friends getting into more in the new age, deception, delusion, the spiritual bypassing, you mm-hmm. know, believing themselves, overestimating their level of being. I'm already in 5D and I've transcended it all. I'm enlightened, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or I'm a, you know, but they can also abuse the concept, which we also address in our, um in the, in the in the course as well. You know, oh, I'm a wanderer. I'm a starseed. I'm a light being. I'm here to raise consciousness. I don't belong to humanity. Yeah. You know? Um, which I, by the way, as people know, have read my writings in you as well, I felt I've taken the new age pill uh, years ago. Yeah. But reflecting back, I took the new age pill because it was an unconscious reaction, as you mentioned, to my unconscious wounds and trauma.
1: Yeah, it's a right. symptom of developmental trauma, actually. Exactly.
0: So these people are like, uh, you know, bypassing, suppressing it and f- trying to find a new identity mm-hmm. in order to avoid the pain of what they're holding within themselves. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then especially that's a trap like, this identification oh, I'm a light worker I'm a starseed I'm this and that I'm coming from five six seven d mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. which the ego just loves to f- feed upon yeah. right? to make yourself feel special make yourself feel in the way because you weren't mirrored like that on the basic level even in childhood so you look for a new identity for yeah. something that makes you feel special yeah right? and that is not to denounce these concepts I've written about the concept of wanderers starseeds and all of that which ties into the archetypal um or the archetype of the, of the bodhisattva to come back, you know, to help humanity and all of that. But the ego can easily hijack that. And it can also be an unconscious a trauma response to get into those teachings, and especially then also within, you know, in relationship As well. Yeah. We can also... That's a whole other topic in itself. We don't have the time to get into right now, but the whole twin flame topic that's out there.
1: Yeah. And and like, oh my God, there's so many charlatans out there who are like literally promising people that they'll meet their twin flame and whatnot. Like this (laughs) is not something that a coach gets to decide for you just so everyone's clear. You know, it, I think that for some people too, especially if you're the South Node and the Seventh House, I know I'm getting into astrology here, but if you have the South Node and the Seventh House, or, in, or you know, you need to actually be moving away from relationships. You need to develop your own individual identity. So there's some people, you know, on a soul level, what you need most to grow and learn is to move away from this obsession with relationships. Like again, we need to break past this, like kind of status quo program we have running where like okay i'm supposed to get married i'm supposed to go to university and then i'm supposed to uh, meet someone i love and then i'm supposed to have kids yeah. all of these things in the age relationships in the age of aquarius are up for question you know will that truly make you happy is the question is that is that the life you want to live you know you have to start asking you, yourself these questions and yeah. again you know so there is no painless authenticity. So when family members follow this like new age spirituality false light programming, I know because my, you know, members of my family definitely <laughs> do, do that. Um, probably the original spiritual bypassers. Um, I have to risk conflict with them if I were to speak my truth, and I've done that with them, you know. And then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I can't even be authentic with you in a relationship because it's too like it's it's just uh, there's no like it's just not possible you know and when i do it we never we're not meeting on common ground we just get into arguments and so you know we have to also just i mean it's great when we can express our authenticity in relationship But if we, if it causes friction, you know, we also have to wonder like, who are we really fighting against? Who are really, why, why do we feel we need to change this person's mind? Cause the way that I see it, and we've kind of had this initiation of like going out with our dog and like kind of meeting everyday people who we wouldn't normally (laughs) meet with, you know, but what I always do with these people, and I don't know where their beliefs are at. I mean, even though some people have shared some things that made me realize that they kind of bought into TDS and whatnot, But just meet the soul where they're at, you know, just, this is, this is also this bigger picture perspective. If we can get beyond identifying with our beliefs or, you know, what we think is going on in the world, like that's, that's really the important piece I feel, you know, and that's the only level they're going to be able to relate to someone who you think is, you know, less conscious and newer or asleep, which are obviously red flags to begin with, but we need to be able to relate to people as human beings.
0: Yeah. So... You know, to close off this first hour, just a little takeaway. Again, let's see it the, despite the craziness out there, as hard as it is within family, uh, marriage, uh, or any relationship really, because all these are relationships, however we relate to anyone. You know, with um, uh, regards to the the lockdown, the you know. COVID stuff and all of that and people's different views and the splitting and whatnot. But again, there's a silver lining, there's an opportunity to use this friction for self-inquiry, right? To take, this is like fertile ground for the work, mm-hmm. right, all your stuff coming up. Yeah. So you can fall into old patterns, blame the other outside world, trying to change your partner, take full safe responsibility and re use it as an opportunity to take an inventory literally of your whole life, your beliefs, your intentions, your dreams, hopes, whatever it may be, and even and your relationships. Take an inventory, right? And deeper inventory in light of Aquarius themes. The yeah. bigger picture, mm. you know, where you are moving towards to. What and what's the world aligned. you want to
1: create? That's, to. that's
0: exactly. And then also, you know, uh, it's we also want to make clear that what we just spoke in this uh, first hour is general, quote unquote, advice. Because, like you just mentioned uh, as well every situation is specific. Yeah. Every person is specific. Some people are, like you mentioned with, with the astrology setting, are maybe meant to be more like by themselves and work this out this lifetime. Others are more relationship-driven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But within that, there can be traps. Some people can fall into like... um you know overly focused on relationships, jump into a relationship, relationship, and being obsessed with that. Others can be so wounded and shut down, they mistake solitude into isolation and claim, like, I, I need to be by myself. I don't want to be anybody. I cannot, uh, I won't find anyone. It's just me by myself. Mm-hmm. And that can be trauma response as as well, like this relationship avoidance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Where the ego hijacks that as well and turns it into isolation because there's fear, unconscious fear to be truly vulnerable with another person because yeah. stuff will come up in a relationship yeah. you know even from the uh, esoteric christian perspective There's the fifth way of the polar couple, which will accelerate the evolution, the esoteric spiritual evolution of of a couple who do spiritual work together, who are collinear, Yeah. but it's also not easy work.
1: And I think also a lot of people are desiring to learn through the mirror of a more conscious person. That's what they're looking for in their relationship. And then they want to turn their partner into their therapist, basically. And the partner has zero skills in doing that, you know? So you have to also like... Look at it practically, like seventh house in astrology rules, marriage, one-on-one relationships. But you can also find that, and I think it's really healing and also very important to find, you know, healers, coaches, therapists, astrologers who you can get that need met as well by. So you can, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be your partner that you're doing this work with. Although once you get to be on a certain path of self-knowledge, if your partner is like emotionally abusive and super unconscious, you know, that will affect you. What I'm saying is that this desire to learn through the mirror of the other, which I think is where it's coming from, you know, can be found in multitude of ways. For instance, like before we met, I worked with this like you know medicine woman at the eco village i was looking at and she mirrored back stuff about me that i wasn't able to see in myself i also worked in like Group settings and family constellation therapy, you know, like we're always looking for this partner to meet like all of our needs on multiple levels. Not always, but a lot of people are, Uh, you know, and the fact of the matter, it's not going to happen. You know, you have to find your community, you have to find containers. And this is also just to close it off the internet is an amazing tool right now, and we're we can use it intelligently or it can use us basically. And we can use it to find like-minded people. We can use it to connect with people on that level. you know. And I know a lot of us are longing for in-person connection, but this is just, this is kind of the reality of the situation. Not only that, if you live in a small town, like you have access to the entire world from your small town through this tool of the internet. So you can use it to connect with the people who are truly aligned with these deeper values. And I think that's really important for people these days.
0: And that ties into the age of Aquarius in a sense, Aquarius, you know, values, so to speak. But I also wanted to say um, that with regards to... Oh, I lost my train of thought now. It's gone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. So can I... Uh,
0: Oh, no, I just wanted to say, yeah, generally. So, you know, also... Like we mentioned many times before, that's what you alluded to. There's only so much self work you can do on your own. We need others to do the the work. Yeah. You you can very easily delude yourself, right? With doing, doing the self work by yourself. And I also wanted to just say what you mentioned about needs, trying to get all the needs met by one person. It's, it's, it's very childish. Only a narcissistic little baby child does that which is their face so to speak yeah and it reminds me like relationship therapist david rico said something very important it's when we do the self-work developing the self-awareness to dif- being able to differentiate unconscious or unfulfilled childhood needs we're never met we all have and then we try to get from our partner which yes. is way too much we cannot expect from our partner to fulfill as opposed to healthy Adult needs, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We also want from our partner, so yeah. there's that difference, and we won't know the difference until we dive deeper. But and really, um, like, yeah, I wanted to just close off. Yeah, we uh, talk about the second in the second hour, we dive deeper.
1: Yeah, so I'll, I can say the topics we're going to talk about in the second hour. Yeah. Um. So this is really someone asked about fear of intimacy, how to lean into it. You know, also another person asked a really great question about, you know, healing our sexual energy and not using it to amplify the kind of the negative vibrational energies on earth. Um, Also, how to how how we love to defend ourselves. That's actually really big question. So defensiveness in relationships. Someone also asked about you know the danger of these sp- on a spiritual level of sexual transmitted demons when you yeah. go on these hookup sites and one-nighters. And um, occult
0: interference in relationships in general. We yeah can, we can, you can see what we approach more was more from a like psychological somatic mm-hmm.
1: perspective,
0: shadow work and then you can see the same issues from an occult hyperdimensional perspective as well where yeah. you, we can be vectored away uh, by a partner who's not uh, on the same page, so to speak.
1: And just to close it off, you know, again, um, I'm really trying to make people aware because I know people wait on things is that this is the last round of Embodied Soul Awakening that Bernhard and I are going to do. where You're going to be working with us live in person. So, You know, again, with these seams, if you're feeling like you want to connect with more conscious people who are on the path, we've created a container for that to happen, you know? So also ask yourself, like, if you're listening to this podcast, like, do I really want to open up and do this kind of work with people? Because it's really beautiful watching the process of just. Like I feel like you and I are kind of creating this age of Aquarius within this, where people are exactly. getting together who are truly interested in self work we're from all over the world, you know, but we're on we're on this common path where we're like okay we're willing to do this deeper work we're willing to take ownership of our triggers and it's amazing like i can't even tell you what kind of what kind of stuff happens when you have a community who's doing this work for you and it does affect your relationships completely directly like i notice a lot of people when they move on from our retreat when they move on for coaching they're able to open up to a deeper level of intimacy in their relationships so yeah you know it's a, you also got to ask yourself a question too at a certain point um do you really want to awaken or do you want to be comfortable where you are you know and yeah. a lot of people try to make bargains with that and i'm not saying that like Bernhardt and i are going to awaken you i'm just <sighs> saying that that's your own individual choice to make because an adya shanti talks about this Is people try to awaken and they try to make a bargain and they're like, okay. He he
0: literally said, "Like, do you?" He made the question. People always said they really want to awaken, but they're what they're really saying is that they want to be happy in their dream life. Yeah, and and awakening
1: has as not is very happiness and awakening are two different things, basically. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so that's the question to to really ask yourself. um, You know, and there is no painless awakening, just like there's no painless authenticity. Exactly. so,
0: yeah, and that's so again, like in, in our course embodied soul awakening, it's really a holistic integral approach of bringing many every areas into it. And we not only talk uh, um, approaching the inner necessary inner work, but also the outer work we're putting in the context of what's happening in the world, the bigger picture perspective from the matrix perspective and the evolution of consciousness. And in regards to the relationship, we have a whole module that focuses just on that topic. And we're going very, very deep with uh, these relationship topics we just talked about in the first hour.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: we go a bit deeper. And then, sorry, just tell
1: them the URL. um, To apply is www.awakenapply.com. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Make it a sentence, don't put a few words. Yeah. You know? And I just cause I also just want to say, and I and the reason I'm really telling people about this is because after this, you know, we're gonna restructure the course we're offering. We're gonna remove ourselves from it, you know, because I feel like we need time for our own personal life and to regenerate. Like we've really gone hard in service we'll to a others. Lot. <laughs> during this period. And we love it. Like I love creating communities where people can talk about these things because actually what I not, like I'm living my purpose through seeing what I don't see in the world. I see, I see what humanity needs and then we create that, you know, for others. And it's beautiful. Um, so we, we are going to kind of withdraw a little bit from working so intimately with people after this. And so if you want that opportunity, please come and join us. We would love to have you there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you're not already a member, the second hour is for members. Uh, you can sign up at veilofreality.com. That is my website. And also sign up if you enjoy our work, our shows, because we have, as I said, this is the 50th. A podcast show and we've gone consistently <laughs> releasing those shows every two weeks yeah. this also takes a lot of work and energy besides everything else we're doing so we would obviously very much appreciate your support and with that being said we wish you guys a, you know good start into the next round 2021 see you guys on the other side